Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Story time. I was in the mountains of North Carolina for several days. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It was a beautiful and peaceful hiking trip with my brother, sister, and their friend Caleb. Until one early morning around 3 a.m., when every creature in a 10-mile radius was chirping, squeaking, howling, or scampering around through the woods. Being from the Midwest, and having survived two tornadoes, I thought the worst weather event of my life was about to occur, and I was sleeping in a hammock. For those who don't know, just before a tornado is formed above your head, every animal is sight will be freaking the F out. They know. They can feel it. You can feel it too, you just won't know what that new feeling is until the 60-year-old trees beside you are being ripped from the ground. Being in the eye of a tornado is even more strange, as all those same animals in sight are frozen. Sure, they still exist, but their little soul is on hold and they don't do much more than look around quietly. It's creepy. Anyway, this wasn't a tornado. 3 a.m., the fire we made was just ambers, and a roaring thunder of animals freaking out. I peeked my head out of my hammock, imagining getting my face smashed in by the first softball-sized hail, with my luck, just for looking. But no. There was no bad weather. There was no storm or looming catastrophe. It was a beautiful night, aside from the roaring animal kingdom. My brother peeked his head out of hammock above me and looked down to see if I was awake. When he saw my eyes as wide as saucers, he whispered, what the F is happening? 
I replied, I don't know, but I wish I was up there in your hammock. Being on the ground level usually is best for guys my size, about 235 pounds. I lack the grace to climb up hammock ropes and jump into bed 8 feet off the ground. Anyway, the terrifyingly creepy roaring continued for about 30 seconds. And then, it just suddenly stopped. It seemed to be a sweeping effect, where the outside of the radius stopped first and the creatures closer to us stopped last, but it was only a single second or two difference. It was pretty damn synchronized. My brother and I were freaked the F out. After 5 minutes of silence we got out of the hammocks and started the fire up again. This time, we made sure it was big enough to light up a hundred feet out. The last thing we need is a big foot or some weird shit going down. My brother went up to the ridge to check on my sister and Caleb, about 60 feet uphill from our hammocks. Caleb always wanted to be in the highest possible safe spot so he could watch the sunrise from his hammock. As soon as my brother got to their hammocks he yelled a shrieking kind of yell for me, the kind I had only heard from him twice before. When his friend got his bike handle bar lodged in his stomach about an inch deep as a kid, and when he split his own head open. I ran up to the ridge with the axe in my right hand, the first aid bag in my left hand, and flashlight in my teeth, expecting the worst. When I arrived to Caleb's bottom bunk, he was in a state of shock. His eyes were wide open, he was shivering and shaking, and he was staring down at the valley. Wouldn't you know, my sister didn't even wake up. Figures, lol. She had her headphones in all night, listening to her folk music. Apparently she hates the sound of animals, and prefers to have a controlled mental state where nothing can make her paranoid. We woke her up and she had no idea what the hell was going on. She just stayed in her hammock like, what do you want me to do? We eventually got Caleb down to the fire and wrapped him in some blankets. I gave him a shot of whiskey to sip on, but he mostly just held it and stared into the fire. The whole night was too weird for sleep. But Caleb finally laid down next to the fire and fell asleep around 4.45 am. The sun came up and my siblings and I decided to leave the fire and go see the sunrise from the ridge. We all sat in Caleb's hammock, still bewildered. The sun was perfect and Caleb picked out the best spot you could imagine, as usual. But then my brother spotted something strange. What's that, he said, pointing down the valley. Right there, on the bank of the river. My sister and I struggled to get his perspective, but then finally noticed a clearing. We decided to go check it out, but one of us had to stay with Caleb. My sister volunteered, as she hates creepy things. She didn't want us to go down but we insisted. I left her my axe and emergency GPS signal thing. I told her to just scream if she needed us, and to not hesitate to use her pepper spray. She just said, stop freaking me out and just go, I'll be here when you get back. So my brother and I hiked down to the river. It took about 20 minutes. When we arrived, we felt very uncomfortable. There were no animals around, whatsoever. No birds, no squirrels, nothing. The clearing on the river bank was about 100 yards upstream. We took to the higher side of the bank, to keep our distance. I don't think either of us actually expected anything to go down, but we wanted to remain cautious. When we were about 50 yards away, at a slight elevation to the clearing, we pulled out our phones to take pictures. But our phones were dead. Mine is known to die, but I have an external battery pack that attaches to my OtterBox, that I know was fully charged. My brother's phone is always reliable, and usually attached to his portable solar panel charger that he keeps on the outside of his pack. His shit was dead too. Both of us tried to hold our power buttons, not believing they were really dead. But when we realized they were definitely not going to turn on, we both got that paranoid look on our faces. We decided to leave, but not before carefully studying the clearing for a few seconds. It was about 100 feet across, and the shape of a triangle. All of the bushes and plants that typically grow alongside the river were all flattened down. Even some mature azalea bushes that typically stand 6 to 8 feet tall were eerily laying flat. 
It's as if everything in that triangle shape had bent down as close to the ground as it could get. Nothing appeared broken, but rather as if it had grown along the earth instead of growing up toward the sun. It was weird as shit, and only in that triangle area. When we got back to camp, Caleb was awake. My sister had a weird look on her face. Caleb was totally normal. Hey bro, you alright? My brother asked. Caleb just casually answered, yeah man, doing well. Missed the sunrise but I guess I needed the sleep. We just looked at him concerned, like, what the f? He was eating a breakfast bar and heating up coffee over the fire. We sat down across from him, and I asked, so hey, do you remember that shit last night? He looked at me puzzled. My brother added, you know, when all the animals freaked out, and we found you. He just looked so confused. My sister said, Caleb, stop playing. He asked, what are you talking about? My brother said, bro, you were messed up last night. Caleb laughed and responded, yeah, I figured I had to be, because I never sleep next to the fire all wrapped up in blankets, not after getting that bug in my ear that one time, lol, we continued to ask him questions, but he had no memory whatsoever. As far as he was concerned he had a few too many drinks and slept next to the fire. We told him our story, and each of us agreed, but he had no recollection. We told him about the spot next to the river, and how our phones wouldn't turn on, we pulled our phones out to show him, and they were already on. My brother had 67% battery, and mine had 41%. We got the creeps real quick. We decided to pack up camp and get the F away from that spot. But before we did a final sweep Caleb asked, have you guys seen my camera? He had a nice DSLR Sony with a nice lens. And that shit was gone. The weirdest part is he slept with it in his hammock every single time he goes camping, and we've never seen it not on his body. He even specifically remembered taking it to bed and tucking it in its bag, and putting the lens in its sleeve. It's like a ritual for him, he takes super good care of his belongings. We searched around the ridge, and all around the fire, and in between the two spots. It was nowhere to be found. Caleb even went down the ridge a bit, toward the river, in case it had fallen out and rolled down the hill. But it was gone. We had to leave, and my siblings and I agreed to pitch in to buy him a new one if he would just get the F out of there with us. About three miles and one hour later, my brothers turned to me on the trail and said, do you think he tried to take a picture of some shit he wasn't supposed to see? The creepiest feeling swept over me, and I replied, bro, let's just forget how messed up he was and get the hell away from here. He nodded in agreement. It's been about a year now, and they haven't seen or heard from Caleb in eight months. No one has. In the town of Bladenboro, North Carolina, just eight miles southwest of Elizabethtown where I stay, it was said a demon cat from hell used to stalk the woods killing livestock and making the locals scared. Then it suddenly disappeared. That's what they say anyway, we know it didn't. To this day there have been reports of something that looks like an abnormally large mountain lion with blood-red eyes and fur as black as night. Its cries have been compared to that of a woman being torn apart and screaming for her life. Luckily it only has a taste for goats and cows, or so we think anyway. I will tell you there have been a few people that have gone missing. Some have been found and to hear some of the police tell the story the bodies were torn to shreds. It's not just located in Bladenboro like most think. It goes from Bladen Lake State Forest to the Green Swamp Preserve area which covers three counties and 1,225 square miles. A friend of mine was hunting one day down in Green Swamp Preserve when it started getting dark. If you hunt in this area you know you've got to be out of the woods before dark by law. So he climbed down from his tree stand and began the long walk through the swamp and underbrush to where he parked his truck. Now my friend is a cornbread fed southern boy and has the size to prove it. Standing 6 feet 6 inches with a weight of 260 pounds of pure farmhand muscle. He isn't small by any standards. So he learned not to be scared of anything. 
He said what happened next made him never want to go in the swamp hunting again. Making his way through the brush he said he began hearing something walking through the woods toward him. He stopped to listen for it and said it sounded like a large black bear so he got his gun ready just in case. When he stopped it stopped, when he walked it walked. He said it made him nervous because whatever it was knew he was there and won't be running off. He said he started making noise and even shot his shotgun in the air. It didn't leave. Instead, it let out a growl he said you could feel as much as here. All the way through the woods it stayed just behind him out of sight. When he came out of the woods onto the dirt road he said his truck was about 50 yards down from him. He decided it was a pretty good chance that whatever it was following him was going to keep following or make a move on him there, so he took off running. It took off running too. He said it sounded like a bulldozer was crashing through the woods and when it broke from the woods it sounded like a horse running through loose dirt. He could hear the stomps of its feet and the growling in its breath. He didn't have to look back to know it was coming and catching up to him. He shot behind him hoping it would scare it enough to stop for a moment and give him a chance to make it to the truck. When he did he said he must have hit it because it screamed and for a moment he thought it was a person. That's when he finally turned around. He said it was jet black, as big as a 600 pound black bear, with a tail as long as its body, and eyes that were glowing red. He hit it and it was just standing there looking at him as if to say now you've done it. He bolted to the truck and jumped in. Just as he shut the door he looked and it was right there. He said it was so close its breath was fogging the window. By now he said he was shaking badly and it was everything he could do to get the key in the ignition and start the motor. He drives a Ford F-354 wheel drive that was raised up so that there's a good two feet of clearance under the truck. He said this thing was on all four feet and looking eye to eye with him in his truck. The engine started and he took off like a bat out of hell. He said it chased him as hard as it could until he picked up speed and stopped and watched him drive off. The next day he and his dad went back with guns and looked around for tracks, blood, or even a dead body. He said there was no blood even though he knows it was shot, and there were paw prints as big as his hands on the ground everywhere. Then they found a tree that 9 feet up had claw marks 1 inch deep and the woods spaced 4 inches apart from each other. They didn't venture into the woods, nor did they go too far from the truck. Both of them said they felt as though they were being watched and didn't want to stick around to find out what it was. They got back in the truck and that's when they heard it. A scream from the woods off in the distance. He said it was like a woman screaming bloody murder. It let him know it was there waiting. Yep, there are many dark secrets in the woods. Charlie Daniels even wrote about these woods in one of his songs. If you ever get adventurous and want to try your luck come on down to Green Swamp. And when the sun goes down get real quiet. You might hear that scream. I hope when you do it's off in the distance and not close by. Because if it is, well, it might just be the last sound you hear. I am a park ranger, and I've seen some strange things in my line of work but nothing could have prepared me for what I encountered when I was called to investigate reports of strange lights and eerie sounds coming from a section of the park that had been closed for decades. As I made my way deeper into the park, I could feel a growing sense of unease. The trees seemed to loom closer, their branches reaching out to grab at me as I passed. The ground beneath my feet was soft and spongy, and I could hear the squish of mud with every step. After what felt like hours of walking, I finally arrived at the entrance to the closed section of the park. The gate had long since rusted shut, and I had to force my way through the thick vines and brambles that had grown up around it. As I stepped into the area, I was hit by a wave of cold, damp air. The sky was overcast, and a thick fog had settled over the ground, obscuring everything beyond a few feet in front of me. I could hear strange noises all around me, whispers and murmurs that seemed to come from nowhere. I pressed on, following the path deeper into the park. As I walked, I noticed that the trees were different here. They were twisted and gnarled, their bark rough and blackened. The ground was littered with dead leaves and branches, and a foul smell hung in the air. 
As I approached a clearing, I saw the source of the strange lights. A large metal structure rose up from the ground, its surface covered in strange symbols and markings. As I approached, the symbols seemed to writhe and twist, as if they were alive. I hesitated for a moment before stepping inside. The interior was dimly lit, but I could see strange machines and equipment lining the walls. It was then that I noticed the journals and notebooks scattered about the room. As I began to read through them, my heart sank. This place had been a site for top-secret government experiments, and the scientists who had worked here had been studying a form of energy that they called the Dark Force. Their experiments had gone horribly wrong, and they had unleashed something truly horrifying into the world. They had tried to contain it, but it had grown too powerful, too intelligent, and too malevolent. As I read, I could feel a presence behind me, and I turned to see a figure standing in the shadows. It was humanoid, but its skin was a sickly green, and its eyes glowed with an otherworldly light. I tried to run, but it was too fast, and it was always right behind me. I could hear its ragged breathing and its low growls, and I knew that it was hunting me. I stumbled through the darkened forest, the trees reaching out to snag at me. I could feel the creature's hot breath on the back of my neck, and I knew that it was only a matter of time before it caught me. Just when I thought that all was lost, I stumbled into a clearing. In the center was a small cabin, its windows lit with a warm golden light. I ran towards it, the creature hot on my heels. As I reached the cabin, I threw myself inside and slammed the door shut behind me. The creature let out a blood-curdling scream, and I could hear its claws scraping against the wood. After an hour or two, the scraping stopped. I hesitantly exited and saw that this creature left. I immediately ran for clearing and went to Park Ranger Station. I'm quitting this job. We lived in the Kayamichi Mountains with about an cream of land at the base of the mountain. It was late at night and something sprinted in the corner of my eye. My boyfriend quickly ran to edge of the porch as my dog chased after it. Once I realized what I was seeing I was begging my dog to come back. It was about 5 foot tall hunched over with white and black fur. The color of this thing was almost glitchy, it had ears on top of its head and a short snout. We seen no arms at all while it was running and also a tail which was a fuzzy tail. It was bipedal and running so fast but its head wasn't bobbing at all. As my dog ran towards it, she was physically confused and she stopped and shook her head as she was running the wrong direction. She's not a dumb dog. She's a cattle dog and she's never deliberately ran the wrong direction at something she's pursuing. In my shock all I could mutter was oh my god is that a human? As it was the only thing I could think of seeing this dog person running across my yard. The next thing I knew, my boyfriend was walking in the yard to get a better view of it whilst I was trying not to pee my pants. This dog thing scaled a cow fence about 5 feet tall behind our RV within absolute seconds. I was halfway inside the house scared to even be outside, still screeching for my dog to return as she regained her brains and was chasing the thing. My boyfriend said it stood up in the cow field right under the only single light post in the field. With its back to him and its shoulders broad. And its height easily adding another 3 feet just standing straight up. Now this all took place within seconds but it was also clear and slow motion happening. We did investigate the fence the next morning and did find some white coarse hair on the top of the fence. But we ended up losing it shortly after. With no evidence of this all we have is both of our stories but they line up immaculately. Living there I have seen the beast once more on my own which scared me shitless. A suspected pterodactyl, ghosts, hundreds of UFOs, weird lights in our windows, possible Bigfoots, and a strange woman's voice on the opposite side of a hunting dog's pen. Asking a question in an unknown language with no dogs to bark at her, which is super strange. Has anyone ever seen anything like this? It was an average summer day for us 10-year-olds in northern Illinois. It was a day just like any other before it. We saw the same people, 
We watched the same cars drive by, and we heard the same animals making the same noises they always make. There we were, the four of us, taking a break from playing basketball and for some reason, I looked up. There it was the biggest bird I had ever seen flying out of the western sky, but I wasn't sure it really was a bird. When I first saw it I was certain it was one of those custom-made biplanes, that was just made to look like a bird. However, I noticed there wasn't any noise coming from its engines. That's when the beast's wings flapped. It was at that time I realized I was actually staring at a bird bigger than any I had ever seen in my life. I shouted at my three friends to look up, partly so they could see this giant bird and partly so I'd have someone to tell me if I was seeing things or not. At the time I wasn't sure if any of them did look up, my eyes were fixed on the bird. I continued to watch it as it flew over my house, then off into the eastern sky. The entire sighting was only about 30 seconds, but those 30 seconds were etched into my mind forever. The bird itself was probably around 6 to 10 feet in length. As for its wingspan, I am certain that it was at least around 25 feet, maybe bigger. It was a dark brown color with no other marks that I could see. One thing that stands out in my mind is its huge claws. I had seen both vultures and birds of prey's claws and something about these made me think of a bird of prey. The only part of the bird that I didn't get a good look at was its head. All I can remember seeing is its beak, and that was only for a brief moment. As for the other three witnesses, I am certain that two of them saw the bird too. As for the third one, he wasn't around when I looked to see if anyone else was present after the bird was out of my view. As for one of the other witnesses, at the time of the sighting, and for a while after it, he agreed that we saw a rather large bird, but a couple of months after the sighting he said he didn't remember seeing anything. As for the fourth witness, he has always agreed that we saw a giant bird that day. He remembers it being a dark color but isn't sure which color because the sun was in his eyes from his viewpoint. One thing we don't agree on about the bird is its size. He thinks it was slightly bigger, around 12 feet with a wingspan of about 30 feet. That sighting was 7 years ago, 1995, and to this day I'm not sure what it was. I know it wasn't a vulture or a hawk of some kind, because I see those all the time around here. After reading about Thunderbirds I believe that is what it was. I just wish I could get a glimpse of it again, one then I can be certain if all I saw was my imagination taking over for a moment, or a truly massive bird roaming the Midwestern skies. On February 27, 2023 my friend was driving home from work, and passing down my country road sometime between 5 p.m. and 6 p.m. less than a mile from my house, at the end of my township, within 1,000 feet of the closest house, he saw an unknown creature. It was at the edge of the road as if it were about to cross. It was pitch black, very furry, and had a bobbed tail, and the face of a pit bull. I could see its jowls. It had dog-like ears, slender, but muscular, and was standing on all fours. When it saw me, it paid no attention to me, but slowly turned around and leapt back into the woods. When it leapt, it jumped like a frog. Its legs were turned out, just like a frog. It was appropriately the size of a Great Dane, on all fours. He was uncertain if it had humanoid feet, and couldn't identify much else. Where he reported having seen it in a wooded area, right beside a small bayou, southern Louisiana, and there is a notable nook that leads off into the woods right around where he saw it. The very same night after he saw it, I heard strange noises around midnight, akin to something climbing a wooden structure, thuds, and the sound of wood bowing. Side events, six or so years ago, I saw something strange leap between one section of woods to another, across a highway, about a half mile from my home. It was black, hairy, and ape-like at a glimpse. About three years ago, me and my wife heard a tapping on the window behind us, around midnight. We laughed about it at first, but my cousin from across the street called me moments after and said there's something big in your yard, I could hear it running through your yard. It's in the woods now. We investigated, 
and heard it rustling through trees, but never saw it. The next morning, outside the window that was tapped on, was a large humanoid footprint. Barefoot. To tap on the glass would require something to stand, upright, at least five feet minimum, given the lifted foundation. About three years ago, a buddy and I were hanging out, and we saw something strange walk into my cousin's yard, across the street. It was large, black, and furry. It walked on all fours and appeared like a pig at first glance. We scoped in on it, and couldn't determine what it was. It had a dog-like snout, but the stature and build of a hog. It was about the size of a large hog, or perhaps a large bear cub. I don't remember it having a tail. It sniffed around his house, circled it, and went back into the woods. About a year ago, I was driving at night from the far end of my road. There is a curve approximately a half mile from where my friend reported seeing the creature. In the curve, as I banked a bit, my headlights shined into the woods and revealed I shine, about six feet off the ground. I stopped the car next to where the eye shine was, to examine it. I didn't see anything else, but the smell of rotting meat flooded the car, and I promptly left. About a year ago, I was outside around midnight, when I heard a strange noise in my cousin's yard. I shined a flashlight over there and caught some eye shine at average height from the ground. It looked at me and kept walking into the wood line. In my experience, if you spotlight something and can see its eye shine, they stop and stare at you. This thing kept going, but watched me the whole time. I continued to shine into the wood line for a bit longer, and it returned, about 15 feet down the wood line. It stared at me from within the woods and turned around. I continued to shine my light and caught it one more time in the same place as the second encounter. It looked at me for a moment and turned away. I didn't see the eye shine again. At the time, I had an eerie feeling that it seemed too sentient to be a deer or a hog. Maybe a big cat, but no normal woodland critter from around here. I live in a fenced, but not gated, neighborhood. Road to the north, little stream followed by two large, large for the suburbs, properties then a small horse stable then the rest of the suburbs to the east forest and a large horse stable to the south, and a Dollar General then main road to the west. Overall I live in a somewhat densely populated area, 3kppl, but where my neighborhood is it's mostly suburbs and a few random pockets here and there that you'd think are in the boonies if you saw a picture of it without ever living here. Anyways, when I was little, currently 15, for whatever reason I always went to the bathroom with the door open, I don't anymore thank God that habit changed. One day when I was seven, I saw a shadow with no body pacing back and forth in the hallway that lead to both my room and the bathroom, not getting too close to the bathroom and never getting too far from my line of sight, imagine a backwards E as the layout of this hallway. Top horizontal bar is the stairs leading downstairs, middle is my room, bottom is the bathroom. You can't see past the stairs from the bathroom. I could tell where my room was because it was daytime and my room has a long window near the roof and the door was open, making that part of the hallway blue. It was of a tall, skinny woman with short, straight hair. We had no visitors but all my family, brother, father, and mother was home. They were all downstairs and, like I said, you can't see further than the stairs from the bathroom. My mom is short, a bit overweight, and has long, curly hair. I got scared shitless so I quickly finished and ran downstairs to tell them what happened. As I was finishing, I saw her stop in front of my room, turn towards it, then sort of disappear by fading away as she walked in. A few years later, I was talking to a neighborhood friend of mine who's the same age as me about ghosts. We were probably 11 or 12 at the time. I asked him if he had ever seen a ghost before and, Without me having ever told him about what I saw at that point, he told me that one night when he was 10, he woke up in the middle of the night and didn't know why. He looked towards his bedroom door and there stood a shadow darker than the surrounding room of a tall, skinny woman with short, straight hair seemingly staring right at him. 
His little sister is many years younger than us and slept with his mom, and his mom and sister are tall and skinny with long, wavy hair. He said it was 3D, so it had some depth. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. To it. When I saw the ghost I saw, it was flat, like an actual shadow, until it walked into my room and faded away. After he told me his story I told him mine. Not exactly the scariest thing ever but it still gives me the creeps sometimes thinking about it. It all started when I and my friends started our nightly weekend ghost hunt in the summer of 2001. We gassed up the car stocked up on smokes and Mountain Dew and head off on the back roads of a small town named Canton, Illinois. We had been driving for about 7 hours just messing around and it was getting to be light outside. We were driving around this plot of land owned by the state and used for what I think is waste disposal in old abandoned strip mines. The area is very well guarded and secure. All one can do mainly is drive around the perimeter of the land via old access roads. I was driving and she was in the passenger seat. It was about 6 am with plenty of light when out of the corner of my eye I caught this huge black mass. I stopped the car, pulled over, and got out quick for about what seemed like forever, and only 20 seconds or so we saw these enormous black birds flying down onto the ground. The ground was elevated here and there, so we could not see them land, however, we estimated that they were at least 15 or more feet in wingspan. We figure maybe ultralight, those not familiar are large prop driving gliders that can hold no more than one man, and fly pretty low. Then we realized they were far too low to the secured land. We guessed then cranes or vultures, which wingspan spread a good distance. Still, these were huge, like the size of a glider. We drove around for like two hours trying to find higher ground to view their landing and no such luck, the place is tight with gates so we couldn't gain access. All I can say is my description of them. Wingspan, 15 to 20 feet easily. All black feathers and gliding in for a landing. They appeared to resemble very unusually large crows. About four years ago my family and I were at Cook's Forest Park in northern Pennsylvania. It's a smaller park west of the much larger Allegheny National Forest. Small very clean been going there since I can remember every summer. My father has gone there once a year since he was young and my grandfather and so on. Never has my family ever told me a spooky story of the forest. I never felt afraid or even spooked even in the dead of night. There was wildlife such as coyotes and bears to beware of, but I was never scared of them. Then one day while we were up there for our week trip my father, younger sister and I went hiking down river trail. Hence its name it's a very long trail that follows the Clarion River. The kicker is that the only access to the trail is a massive downhill, which means it's a climb back up. 
We were down there fishing along the bank when we heard thunder rolling in. The without warning a solid downpour. So we packed up, already soaked, and made our way up the massive hill. Now here is the weird part while we making our way up the hill to our right was this massive fire. But not like a tree on fire just like a solid flame about 6 feet high just burning. We all stopped dead in our tracks, it just didn't make sense in the pouring rain to have this huge flame burning on what seemed like nothing. It just made the back of my neck's hair stand on end. Fire is such a human act in my mind and here we are in the middle of the woods alone in a downpour with this huge unnatural flame burning. So we did what anyone would do and made tracks up the hill to our truck. To this day I have no idea how that happened. My only theory is that there are several natural gas lines that go through the park so maybe a type of leak ignited? It's anyone's guess but definitely weird. I was visiting my aunt in Northeast Illinois, just north of Chicago, in the summer of 2002. We were outside for a noon barbecue. My cousin Eddie, age 9, runs over to my aunt yelling that the bird's back. So we all look over to where the kid's pointing and not even 100 feet away and about 50 feet up was this huge freaking bird. My mom is afraid of anything with more than two legs so she starts totally freaking out, the funniest thing I've ever seen. So she grabs the kids and runs inside faster than if the devil was on her tail. My stepdad and uncle both have video cameras pointed at it. Now my uncle Richie works as a cameraman at one of the local news stations over there so he knows how to use a camera. My stepdad, unfortunately, doesn't and the video that we took home is shaky and blurred most of the time. This bird was big. I talking 15-20 feet freaking wings. It circled a couple of times and then headed east at 1.14 pm. I have the exact time because every few seconds I'd, in shorthand, write down the time and the activity. I'm a part-time ghost investigator here in Southern California, and very good about writing things down very quickly. It was black with brown feather tips. Its beak fit the body and looked kind of like a cross between a crow and a hawk. Keep in mind that I'm 5 feet 3 looking out 100 feet and up at 50-60 feet. This was way cooler than any ghost I've seen yet. Well, as I said, my investigator instincts took over and when I was asking a whole bunch of normally reserved for ghosts questions I found out that the bird showed up at the aunt and uncle's ranch at least once a month. This is so cool, I only wish my uncle would make me a copy of his tape so I could show you guys. Twenty fourteen, the island of Oahu High. I'm a soldier in the U.S. Army and was assigned as an assistant instructor to the pilot first Jungle Operations Training Center at Schofield Barracks. I had only about a month on the island and was loving every minute of it. So the day comes to train the platoon that I would be assessing and instructing in the Kahuku Mountains. We meet up. I teach them the essentials and a week or two later we move out into the thick jungle of the Kahukus. Now for anyone that hasn't been to the north shore of Hawaii, the Kahuku mountains are tall and seem very manageable, however up close and personal the trails weaving through the ridges are narrow and can wash out at any time if you're carrying a heavy load. In a nutshell you have to watch yourself and always have good footing or you'll fall down a steep draw and die. So the third night of the OP rolls around and everyone is in position, guard, observing and bedding down as the sun sets. We are all scouts so we go into areas ahead of the main fighting force and try to observe any enemy activity. There wasn't any opposing force during our mission so the platoon was basically just out by themselves. It's about 1 and I decide to get up and check on the security positions at each end of the trail we were sleeping on. I checked the forward security element, some private with a machine gun was guarding vigorously and smoking a cigarette under his poncho, great. Walking towards the rear security element I notice something flickering that looks as if it's a few meters past the fighting position, likely a soldier lighting up a cigarette. I walk behind the soldier and untap his heel, no response. So I assume he's asleep and shake him a bit, still nothing. 
I then lean down to wake him up and he whispers don't move. I freeze, look at the orientation of his weapon and notice what looks like lights about shoulder height moving through the trees about 100 meters from us heading from right to left. I tell him to get on the radio and call the other platoons behind our positions to see if they have had an emergency or anything like that. He grabs the hand mic squeezes the button and the screen on the radio starts to flicker, and won't transmit, we turn it off then back on with the same results. We grab a new battery and jam it into the radio as fast as possible. The screen stays solid but now has the words out on the screen. I've never seen that before I thought to myself, so I grab my Motorola and call to another assistant white 4 white 3, do you have anyone in your area with white lights on? He responded saying negative they haven't used lights all night. I then asked do you observe any white light to the northeast? A very firm negative came from that end as he was probably trying to trail off to sleep. As I turned my radio off we heard was sounds like a manic laugh followed by a scream. Everyone is now awake and whispering what the F is that? The lights begin to trail off down the mountainside out of our sight and even though it was enough commotion to wake the platoon up, everyone eventually fell back asleep. The platoon leader and I agreed that it wasn't safe to maneuver at night so we would send a section to check it out in the morning. 7. I'm awake, I grab three dudes and tell the PL that we will be making an admin move to where we saw the lights to make sure nothing crazy happened that night. Walking through the ferns about 30 meters in and I catch myself by gripping a small guava berry tree, I almost fell down about 300 meters into a huge valley. The area that we were observing earlier that morning was in that direction but there was no way they were that close. I felt very uneasy and had the urge to tell the Joes to get the hell out of there fast, we talked about it and chalked it up to island spirits. Later that month I told the story to a friend at a bar in Hale Eva, the bartender overheard the story and said that I had experienced what is known as the night marchers. In around September 1984, I was driving north along the Illinois River, north of Peoria, Illinois on Route 29. I had been seeing a number of cars pulled over, with the folks all looking up in the sky. I finally got curious and pulled over myself. When I did, I observed a huge vulture or eagle-like bird. When I say huge, I mean it was the size of a Piper Cub or Tomahawk four-seat aircraft. It was dark brown or black. Had the same sort of profile as an eagle or a beautyotype bird. Long broad wings and a large tail. For an instant at first, I thought it may have been an ultralight aircraft, as a landing field for them was not so awful far away. I did quite a bit of flying then, so I know how big airplanes are, and how big they appear in the sky at various distances. This was no aircraft though. As it effortlessly circled slowly above the river, I watched it for some time. Folks going by in their cars were also looking and pointing up at it. There are plenty of eagles, vultures, hawks, owls, etc., around there, and I know them when I see them. This was much, much bigger than a bald eagle. I raced back to my office, telling my co-workers what I had seen. Of course, they teased me that I was smoking something. I watched the local news and read the paper for some time, but there was no mention made of it. But plenty saw it I am quite sure. I have never seen anything like it since. I was out about 100 kilometers from the city last weekend camping with my telescope. I set everything up, start the photo timer and go to take a nap in my truck camper while it does its thing. I wake up in a bit and go to check the time and my phone is dead, I go to check the camera and it's not taking pictures. The what was full battery is dead so I can't see how long it has been or how many photos I have taken. I go to pack up my gear and sit down on the grass to start coiling up some cables. As soon as I sit down and stop moving, I start to hear faint music. Now my first thought is there is a couple farms around so maybe someone's having a party and the sound is traveling but it sounds like carnival music. It's not really something I could think of someone playing in the middle of the night. Second, 
The music sounds like it has been slowed down and it does not have a steady beat. I can sort of describe how it sounded but not how it felt, like this strange back and forth time dilation while also being a little fuzzy and pretty quiet. It didn't particularly sound like it was coming from any direction there was just music playing. It made the hair stand up on the back of my neck and it just made me feel so uncomfortable. I've heard music off in the distance many times in my life and the sound of it was just different. Anyway I pack up half my stuff, pretty much run back to the truck and close all the windows in the camper so I can't hear anything and go back to sleep. Wake up in the morning and there's no music playing and I'm sort of wondering if it was just some crazy dream but I find my gear half packed up so I have no idea. Maybe it was some half asleep thing going on but I could have sworn I heard it. Wish some of my electronics were charged so I could have recorded it and I have no idea what time it was at. I figure it was sometime between 1 when I went to sleep and 4 am when it gets light out. Because of my experience, I now record my drives. Literally less than a year ago, I was on a drive from Roach, Nevada to Sandpoint, Idaho riding US 95, my first time. It was 2 AM on a Sunday so road was literally deserted for 20 minutes straight. Not one outside source of headlights for miles. I was hitting about 80 miles per hour most of the whole way with cruise control on. With Waze as my GPS, there was a report of an object on the road, and I planned accordingly to anticipate the object. As I approached, the object in question wasn't an object, but an animal. That looks to be consuming a carcass that was bright pink, similar to a large pig. The appearance of the animal did not look like anything else, it was in a squatting position as if it had bipedal capabilities, but it was covered in dark brown fur. Keep in mind that I only had a glimpse of the animal as my first reaction was to swerve out of the way and accelerate the hell out of there. I should have at least screenshot the Waze UI on my phone. When I was in college, I got a job as summer security in a ghost town, to keep punks from vandalizing it. I have no idea why they even cared, it wasn't a tourist destination or anything but I digress. There were three guys total that did it, two were old timers, who had been working there for a while, and because they were old they wanted more time away, so we'd switch off every two weeks. The only building that had power in the town was the guard house, which was on the south side of the dozen or so buildings that made up the place. And it was probably the dullest job I've ever had. It was too far from the nearest non-ghost town to pick up any TV signal. This was in a time of dial-up internet so even if it was a thing I was worried about, it didn't exist in this town, and other than a golf cart the only thing I had to entertain myself with was an old pinball table. One evening, I'm standing there, playing pinball, when I look out the window to my side, and see a light on in one of the other buildings. The window is lit up bright, and as I said, I'm in the only building that's even wired for electricity. I quickly stop my probably record game, and grab the nightstick and flashlight I was given, and head over there. But, as I get closer, I notice the light is dimmer, and almost purpley red. Now I'm kinda freaked out, and I stand there to watch it. As I stand there, I see the light slowly droop out of the window. As though it was water draining from a fish tank. I'm baffled, so I call the supervisor a while later. Turns out there's a hill that the sun has to set behind, and it's all rocky. So the sun occasionally lines up enough to just light up that top floor window. I had an emotional moment when I got a bad family call about a close cousin of mine that lived in Florida. I lost my energy to finish the trip by the time I got to Tallahassee, I was driving from the northern Midwest. I decided in my smart brain that I'd start my drive late at night so that the sun would be high by the time I got back home. I messed up. As I passed through the back roads of southern Georgia I rounded a corner and from a distance I saw what looked like fire in the tree line further down. I immediately think the clan. F, so I take a split second to think should I reroute my GPS and avoid this? 
And then I think of every movie where someone picks up their phone and immediately crashes and dies or has their unconscious body dragged away to some shack in the woods. F it I'm just gonna gun it through. I round the bend where the fire is and it's like everything slowed down as I seen a hand full of people no more than five, with those weird rubber masks from the cheap costume shops but other than that are ass naked. They all watch me pass them. They are standing practically in the fire. One of them has a large stick engulfed in fire. Before this I was worried I'd get pulled over by some douchebag for driving a Civic from up north through the backroads of a southern state. I knew they would assume I'm a drug runner. At this point I ran out of FS to give. I'd almost rather take my chance with a cop with the wrong idea. I floored it for miles. I'm sure I jumped a few hills. When I was a kid through my older teen years, I used to get what I called night fright. So, my parents' house is in the middle of nowhere. They own 13 acres themselves and they do have neighbors, but usually you only hear gunshot, maybe yelp slash woo. You sometimes hear your neighbors, but rarely see them. So when I would stay at home alone, I'd hear music or talking. Music I didn't recognize or voices I didn't recognize. I'd walk outside to see if I could find out who was playing polka music, which I did hear a couple times, but no music outside. I'd keep the dogs inside with me, lock the doors and sit and watch TV. Then once my parents would come back, I'd tell them about it. They never heard it, until after I'd moved out, my dad thought I'd imagined it. One summer night he heard polka music in the house. Never outside. I'd always decided it was my imagination. I never figured out who it was, but I sometimes heard it when no one lived in those houses. And never outside. This is actually something my dad experienced, and he told this story many times throughout my childhood because it's always perplexed him. Growing up my dad loved to go camping with his friends. When he was about six his parents let him stay in a shed with his friend in the friend's backyard overnight. They woke up to a pin-sized light zipping around the wall above them in the middle of the night. It was white, but about the size of a laser pointer, this was in the early 60s. They both got up and the light stopped on the center of the wall. The shed was steel. They put their hands over it and it disappeared. As they pulled away it didn't reflect onto them. It suddenly jumped over to the other wall and the same phenomenon occurred. They opened the door, and walked around the shed neither could find anything causing this light. They went back in, but as soon as they laid down the light started zipping around again. They finally went into the house to sleep. They slept in the shed a few months later and nothing happened. They never had an explanation for the light. I was living in Cook City for a summer staying at a friend's parents' cabin with them. It's right by Yellowstone. My friend and I worked opposite shifts so I hiked every day and most of the time by myself. Of the 40 or so hikes I did that summer I rarely saw another person. The town has a population of maybe 200. I drove to one of my favorite spots and was about 2 miles in and I saw a woman maybe a half mile down the trail from me. She was just standing there and I assumed she was looking at the scenery. She didn't move at all until I was a few hundred yards from her and she turned and was looking at me. She was dressed in far too warm of clothing for the day, but to each their own. When I was probably 200 feet from her she waved and I waved back. As I got closer I started to feel uneasy, so I sat down for a minute to decide if I should turn around and run from her or just get past her so I could get to my desired point on the trail. I decided I'd power past her. I got up to continue my hike and she was gone. Just disappeared. This is the kind of trail where you can see clearly for most of the path and there is nowhere to disappear to. I decided to head back home and turn around and she was on the other side of the trial that I had just come from. I needed to get the hell out of there. So I started walking as fast as I could, she waved again and I didn't reciprocate this time. I put my head down and booked as quick as I could down the trail. 
When I got to where she should have been she was gone. Again. I started running back to my car. The whole run back, and I'm not a runner, I felt like I was being watched. Got to the lot and my car was the only one there and someone had put a stack of rocks on my car, there were 13 of them, which is my favorite number. Small rocks. It was the creepiest thing I've ever encountered on a hike. After that day I didn't make it through the rest of the summer. I couldn't shake the feeling of being watched all the time, at work, when I was in bed, in my car, walking through the town. I left that weekend. It was hot that day so maybe my mind was just playing tricks on me. Maybe one of the locals put the rocks on my car to play a prank on me? I don't spook easily. As a result. Many, many years later I still don't like hiking by myself. During a 2010-2011 West Pack on ADDG we were somewhere in the Indian Ocean. This is my best guess because I was in the air dead on the ship and never quite knew exactly where we were. One night after flight ops had ended me and two other guys from the detachment were lounging on the flight deck. We had brought out those collapsible camping chairs and were just sitting there stargazing because the view was amazing with the ship not having exterior lights on. As we were looking at the stars I noticed a pale green star moving east to west, from our perspective. The best way I can think of to describe this would be that it looked like it a satellite except this one was a pale green color and had what I can only describe as three bars in front of it. Basically it looked like a pale green Wi-Fi signal icon traveling east to west in the sky. The bar closet to the satellite was the smallest and the next two increased in size, exactly the same as a Wi-Fi icon. All three of us on the flight deck saw it and had no idea how to explain it. My best guess is that it actually was a satellite, but I can't explain the color or the bars that radiated outward in front of it. I know it was not a meteor or something similar, as it maintained a constant speed across the sky and was the same brightness the entire time we were able to see. That was without a doubt the most unexplainable thing I've ever seen while on the ship, and to this day I still have no idea what it was. I was having a fire with some friends in northern Minnesota. Everyone was pretty drunk and talking really loud but I saw one of my friends freezer like he was hearing something. A few seconds later another friend freezes like he's hearing something too, but this whole time I can't hear anything but my drunk friends jabbering away. I am the only one who notices the two getting up and start moving into a huge clearing where we were camping. Once we get out of earshot of the fire I hear it too. I don't know how to describe what I heard, it was extremely loud like a low flying plane but it was more high pitched and the tone undulated at a really creepy intervals. The sounds was traveling at a high speed across the landscape and every 5 seconds the tone and undulation frequency changed. It probably covered 2 miles in 30 seconds and we could hear it traveling west out of earshot. Never found out what it was. My father used to be a helicopter pilot down the south of New Zealand. When he was starting out he would do a lot of deer shooting in very isolated spots of the country. Only recently he told me about a pretty creepy experience he had during an evening flight as he was making his way back up the country. He flew with just a spotlight which I'm thinking would be illegal these days. Anyway as he was approaching this small town called Host, basically in the middle of nowhere, he saw a bright green light in the sky, not sure how far away it was but he said he could hear it over the sound of his own helicopter. He said it disappeared pretty quickly after seeing it. He never reported it or anything as he didn't want people to think he was crazy. I was house sitting for a friend's family. They lived in the country. Not BFE but the neighbors were far enough away that you had privacy without a set of binoculars. I've been there a million times and was well acquainted with the property. Their large dog was fond of me and would follow me around casually. Before bed I let him outside to do his thing. He's sniffing around, he pees, and before he turns to come back in, 
Something gets his attention. He turns facing out away from the house, hackles up, and freezes. Doesn't make a sound. I can only see him because of the single porch light, and I can't see much further out than that, pure darkness. I call him a few times and he ignores me. Suddenly he turns and sprints toward me, and barges in the door, tail between his legs. He goes straight to his kennel and won't come to me. I slammed and locked the door, turned off the interior lights and turned on every exterior light, scanned the area with a flashlight and just couldn't see anything. I let him sleep on the couch with me that night even though I really didn't sleep. The next day I went walking out there to see what I could see, no signs of anything unusually. I told them about what happened and they thought it was really weird for the dog to act like that. It's not unusual for coyotes to come around but he usually fiercely barks and growls at them and scares them off. I'm sure it was an animal, and maybe he was just scared because I was scared, but regardless, gee damn. Not knowing what's out there is way scarier than knowing. You hear that, horror film writers? We sometimes stay at a cabin in an isolated area on Vancouver Island. For those of you who aren't familiar with the geography it is rocky coastal climate with similar vegetation to Oregon. My sister, my cousin, and myself, all in our early 20s at the time, had driven into town, about 45 minutes away, for a late night movie. Driving back to the cabin at night is never fun, very isolated, spotty cell reception, hairpin turns, black darkness due to the isolation and lack of street lamps or cabin lights, and lots of deer so you have to keep your eyes peeled. This night was even worse because it was very foggy coming in from the right side of the road and even with our brights from our truck, we could barely see past it. My cousin is also a bit of a reckless driver and was taking the turns a bit fast for my liking. It was stressful to say the least, and completely eerie, so when one of us spoke up to say they were feeling spooked all three agreed. So we get to an isolated stretch with literally nothing but forest to our right and a steep incline to our left, and suddenly, onto the shoulder of the road and out of the fog steps a boy. He looked about no more than 12 years old, and he was just standing on the shoulder of the road from the forest watching as our car drove by, uck I get creeped out just typing this. He wasn't injured, was not trying to flag us down or get our attention necessarily, beyond his mere presence on the side of the road in this ridiculously isolated area, at midnight in the fog, and had a very neutral expression on his face which was surprising given that we probably almost blinded him with our brights. We freaked out, my cousin almost swerved off the road. My sister was sitting in the back and didn't pay attention until my cousin swerved, she looked in the rear view assuming we had just narrowly avoided a deer, and in a nervous voice said um I think I am seeing things but did you guys just see a boy on the side of the road in the fog? Once we confirmed that none of us were hallucinating we debated turning back and in retrospect we probably should have pulled over to see whether he was a runaway or in an accident and if he needed help, but we were way too freaked out and just continued on. To this day I cannot figure out why he would have been out there and it sends shivers down my spine to think about it. 